Hello, everyone. I'm Paul Menzel. And I'm Jim Conlon. And this is New Tricks for Old Dogs. Our podcast features the many ways us older men and women howl at the moon, odd news items you don't normally hear about, and conversations with other old dogs who are growing bolder, not older. So if you've got 25 minutes or so, grab a cup of coffee, pull up a chair, and join us. In this episode, the old dogs ponder why some people get goldfish and then get rid of goldfish. We bring you another edition of Ads and Fads. We ask the question all America is asking, namely, where is spell check when you need it? We report on the growing problem of goldfish in Minnesota lakes, and we acquaint you with a few weird state laws still on the books. The Old Dog's conversation is with Marlon Murdoch, a gentleman who has learned what life is really all about. In his case, it's a continuing curiosity, an appreciation for friends, and an abiding commitment to service. Stay with us. All righty then, Paul. Yeah. What is on your mind today? Well, it's kind of a shallow thought, Jim. <laughs> we have a pod nugget in today's episode about people releasing their pet fish into uh, lakes in Minnesota. We do? Uh, oh, it, yes, we do. And it, what came to me is, who has pet fish? You know, a, a pet should be a dog or a, a cat, uh, something that uh, can jump on can, your lap. And, and bite you. And show bottomless appreciation. Mm-hmm. Fish don't do nothing. They yeah. just move around and eat what you put in their fish tanks. And how long do they last, by the way? Well, I know a lot of them uh, have rare diseases, like they soften to death oh. if you're not careful. Or, or what do they call it, fin rot? I'm getting... I don't well, know. Um, Obviously, you've had fish. <laughs> we fish have, at some and point. this is the thing that I think children like fish because, par- or maybe parents think children like fish because they say this is your sign of responsibility for a pet. And if you can take care of this fish, maybe we will get you a, a warthog or something. Exactly. So they end up going through a lot of fish. A lot of fish on the way to <laughs> responsibility. Say, I'm sure I can do better next yeah. time. But anyway, that's my feeling on the subject. I'm a dog yeah. person. I have had a pet Well, you dog. are an old dog person. I'm an old dog with old dogs. <laughs> Generally, I, I fortunately, I've outlived most of them. Mm. Uh, but uh, th- that's something that uh, you, you can share with. You can take them for walks. Have you ever tried to walk a fish? Yes, I have. And believe me, it's not pretty. No, but you know what I hope for? You've gone through a lot of fish too, I guess. Yeah. Uh, I, what I hope for is that, you know, we'll get this really elaborate tank. And that it will stock the tank with beautiful fish, not just goldfish, but, you know, tropical fish with, you know, all kinds of features like a a hidden treasure chest that pops up and bubbles, you know, stuff like that. And then when people come over, they will say, wow, you've got a really cool fish tank. I see. Uh All right. All right. I'm kidding. Yes, you are kidding. (laughs) Yeah. Uh Uh, no, I'm sorry. I just I just don't warm up to fish, and particularly, mm. uh, I think a lot of other people don't warm up to fish if they're releasing their goldfish into lakes. It's like I give up. How These did, fish are so boring. How I did they last that long that they would give up on a fish? I mean, just wait a day. Yeah, well, you won't have to. We don't know how long it took before they released their goldfish. But well, true. It could be a day. It could were, be a week. They were the size of footballs. But and, at some point, they threw up their hands and said. I am bored to death. Get these fish out of my life. 
It's time for another Ads and Fads, the old dog's version of trivia from the 50s and 60s. For this installment, we turn to the early space race in the 50s when Russians kicked our butts. Some said it was only because their German scientists were better than our German scientists, uh, but it was a butt-kicking nonetheless. At the time, the U.S. was believed to be leading the way in launching the first satellites into space, but... On October 4, 1957, Russia launched Sputnik 1 into orbit. And just one month later, they launched Sputnik 2 into orbit. So here's the trivia part. What was unique about Sputnik 1 and what was unique about Sputnik 2? We'll be back later with the answers. I can hardly wait. The Queen of England is celebrating 70 years as monarch her Platinum Jubilee. There will be a dizzying array of commemorative souvenirs, including some China from China with a spelling problem. This pod nugget is from Sky News for February 2nd, 2022. A Chinese manufacturer hoping to capitalize on the Platinum Jubilee made 10,800 teacups, mugs, and plates, each one adorned with an elaborate coat of arms and a picture of the queen. The only problem was the inscription. Okay, remember the celebration is called a Platinum Jubilee? The inscription on the china reads, To commemorate the Platinum Jubilee of Queen Elizabeth II. Whoops! The misspelling was close, but not close enough. The whole consignment was turned over to a company that sells unwanted stock in bulk. If you also have a spelling problem, you might favor a set for your everyday dishes. You could have all 10,800 pieces for about $42,000. Oh, Paul, I think I could get it for half that, don't you? Uh, Probably, yeah. We are continuing our quest for a uniquely senior language, which we are calling Old Doggerel. Today's phrase captures the tendency of some men our age to dye their hair a vibrant color without a hint of gray in the hopes that they are fooling some of the people some of the time. In the first place, no one in their 70s has the hair color of a teenager. And in the second place, you aren't fooling any of the people any of the time. Our old doggerel phrase for these folks is diehards, spelled D-Y-E. We specifically excused women from the phrase die hard because, well, because they can do what they want. We're not stupid, just married. Yeah, you know it. We hope you'll join us in the fun by sending us your suggestions for words or phrases that should be included in Old Doggerel. Go to our website at www.olddogspodcast.com and click on the comments tab. Scroll to the bottom and give us a piece of your mind. If you can afford it. Folks, Minnesota has a goldfish problem generated by well-meaning pet owners who tire of watching fish do fish things. This pod nugget is from the Washington Post for July 11th, 2022. The problem is that folks who tire of the little goldfish in their fishy tanks don't know how to get out from under the responsibility. Adoption isn't an option, so soft-hearted owners are releasing them into one of the 10,000 lakes in Minnesota. Well, goldfish can live up to 25 years, measure over a foot long, and weigh up to four pounds. 
These are big fish that resemble a gold football. They can survive harsh conditions, including frozen lakes, so goldfish in the wilds of Minnesota are thriving. Goldfish are also an invasive species. They feed at the bottom of lakes where they uproot plants, stir up sediment, and reduce the water quality. Last year, county workers in Minnesota removed an estimated 30,000 to 50,000 goldfish in one day. And the problem is appearing in other states. Washington State spent $150,000 rehabilitating a lake near Spokane. Eating them isn't an option. They're difficult to debone and taste somewhat muddy. All you can do is remove them from the water. Afraid there's just no happy ending to this fish tale. Sometimes strange laws get on the books for good reasons, but they're still strange. This pod nugget is from the Interesting Facts website. For example, did you know that in Massachusetts it's illegal to kill or scare a pigeon? This law dates back to the 19th century when pigeons were valued as food and target practice. This law was for the benefit of hunters, not the pigeons. Eavesdropping has been forbidden in Oklahoma since 1910. <laughs> Apparently, accidental eavesdropping is legal. It just can't be intentional. You are prohibited from banning clotheslines in Vermont. It was common for homeowners associations to ban solar drying of clothes. This law, passed in 2009, allows Vermonters to hang out their laundry wherever the heck they want. In Alabama, you can't dress up as a member of the clergy if you aren't. This extends to Halloween costumes. The punishment is a $500 fine and or a year in jail. So if you're planning to trick-or-treat as the Pope, you might want to choose another costume. You're not allowed to play bingo for more than five hours in North Carolina. Oh. Yep. This is one of several restrictions on the evils of bingo in this state. In defense of this law, perhaps five hours of bingo is enough for any sane person. And finally, pawn shops cannot pawn any artificial limbs in Delaware. <laughs> you would think this law doesn't have a leg to stand on, ah, but it's still on the books. Pawn shops are also not allowed to pawn manhole covers. Oh, no. Yeah, well, there goes my business plan for starting my own pawn shop. And here's the answers for ads and fads. Sputnik 1 was the first man-made object placed into orbit around the Earth. The beep-beep sound of Sputnik 1 was the first sound ever received from space. Now, Sputnik 2 was a little different. It carried a passenger. The dog Laika was the first animal to go into orbit. The embarrassment to the Eisenhower administration of losing to the Russians brought a new focus to math and science in our schools, which I hated, by the way. It led to the formation of NASA in 1958 and increased federal funding of scientific research and development. Marlon Murdoch developed a love for teaching almost as soon as he left college. This love was based on his inherent curiosity and a thirst for knowledge that he continues to pursue and share. In his current pursuits, that has resulted in a number of efforts designed specifically to encourage folks our age to take a fresh look at the possibilities of aging intentionally and energetically. Marlon, I have a question. Um, you have a background as an educator. Can you tell us a little bit about that? It started many, many years ago. After finishing my undergraduate study, I returned to my hometown in Vermont, a community of about 800 people, huh. 
and taught elementary school for a couple of years and attended the University of Vermont for my master's in education and organizational development. It was an interesting combination and spent about 12 years up in New England doing public school administration. And then a friend convinced me to leave and join him in healthcare. So um, left education, did healthcare, human resource management in New England. And then when I moved here in 91 with my ex-wife, I spent about another 12 years in the medical center and never really recaptured that passion for teaching and education. So approached a, a colleague about going back to education and I landed in a position identical to the position that I had left many, many years ago in New England. If there's a theme in my life, it's probably educating and teaching and people. Well, you seem to have applied that theme of educating and teaching to a specific audience these days. And I do know that you have a passion for encouraging people of our age uh, to become a part of an active community that is still exploring new things. Can you tell us what was the first inspiration you had as you aged to do something positive about the aging process? It formalized around a course that I took at the Jung Center on aging. I also began to see many of my peers isolating themselves, um, losing their connection. And then about three years ago, discovered Vivek Murphy's book called Together. He was the Surgeon General under Obama. And when he went out to see what is our major public health crisis in this country, he determined that it was loneliness and isolation amongst older people. I was able to pull a group of people together into a book study. And then I've discovered that this is the most freedom I've ever had in my life. Really? Explain that. I'm free to do what I want to do. I have no more responsibilities. Um, any obligations are obligations that I create. I was having a really hard time retiring. I kept falling back into work and felt that I needed to do something to sort of transform my approach to this last stage of my life. You know, this is the longest developmental stage of our lives. And I see this as a developmental stage. This is for me, this is what my purpose and intention is for this time of my life. And it is to show up, be present, and to serve where I can. Well, I'm very curious your statement to show up, be present, and to help others when I can. Could you tell me some more about that? What a great statement that is, purpose statement. This is now a big spiritual mystery for me. What was this all about? Um, and it only makes sense when I'm present to other human beings. I believe we all have basic goodness. And when I'm living my basic goodness and I recognize that in other human beings, that's service. And, you know, the other thing is, what else would I be doing? 
<laughs> what else would I be doing? You know, you can, only, you can only walk so many miles. You can only read so many books. And another challenge for me is, is balance, um, keeping some balance in my life. And I've got that right now. Saturday evening, I was at a group dinner and there was a gentleman who I met at dinner who I, um, who I discovered was 10 years older than I am. And um, he was just spewing so much anger and bias and prejudice. And I so much wanted to say to him, why? Why are you clinging to that? Let it go. Free yourself. And then typically when I'm in situations where I'm not sure how I'm going to respond, um, my question to myself is, what is this moment teaching me? And it was a powerful reminder to let go of the things we can't change. You had mentioned that you wanted to put together a community. What was the process that uh, led you to meet people who uh, you felt were like-minded, who wanted to embrace the aging process, to be conscious about it? My vision of a positive aging community envisions elderly people helping each other and other people. I am pretty convinced that um, serving others for as long as we can uh, gives us meaning, gives us purpose. I'm just now digging into a book on the power of positive aging, and the subtitle is Successfully Coping with the Inconveniences of Aging. Mm. There is so much isolation and loneliness in this last stage of our lives. We live in these cities in our own silos where we're not connected. I have about 35 people that at least once every two weeks, I connect with them using technology just to see what's going on. I'm sitting here looking at the backside of a t-shirt, there is an organization called Grow Boulder, not older. And let me read a couple of them. Smash stereotypes, adapt and react, share wisdom, never retire from life. There's another whole discussion, our concept of retirement. Mm -hmm. Discover a new passion or purpose. Uh, Want less be more. No, it's never too late. Age like a rock star. So do do people come up to you and say, would you stand still so I could read your t-shirt, please? I've only worn it once and it was at my birthday party. (laughs) Uh, Okay. Uh, I have uh, a question about your hospice work. How did you come to that? And what kind of deep satisfactions uh, are a result of your work in hospice? My dad died when I was 16. Um, I had lost a couple of classmates in accidents. I was raised in a kind of cold, non-mourning, non-grieving family. And so I was always fascinated by my own response to death. Then later in life, in 1991, I moved here with my ex-wife. And it was during the heights of the AIDS epidemic got involved in a number of ways in being with people dying. All of this got um, really 
put together when I went home four years ago to help my younger brother die at age 69 and realized that this was another calling. It's being present, serving, um, holding space, and that there is an opportunity for continued healing and wholeness, even in our suffering and our dying. It's the ultimate yeah. punctuation, isn't it? It is. It's mm -hmm. certain. And for me, I find it just so freeing to say, I'm going to die. So let's get on with it. A lot of people our age have lived, let's say, a life of service. And perhaps they are now feeling like I've done that and I don't know what to do and I'm tired and I don't want to put myself out there anymore. Do you have an answer to that that might be encouraging to people who have that feeling? I'm fascinated by people's stories. And I think we have, all have a story that someone else can learn from. When I hear people say, oh, I'm just too tired to do that. But you're sitting at home alone. Would it not be more interesting to be sitting in the company of another human being and holding space for someone else and sharing your stories? I'm just really concerned about that person who's saying, I'm too tired. You're not going to keep living sitting in this chair. This morning on my walk on the bayou, ran into a gentleman who is, I think he's three or four years older than I. And he had a garden tool in his hand. I said, what are you doing? And he said, I talked to that lady over there and I'm here volunteering on the bayou. Um, and he was just beaming with the fact that he had found this connection. And I think, I think having discovered a purpose, even if your purpose is only to stay connected with three or four other people, which you can do in so many different ways these days, but just that connection, we are wired to be connected. And I believe that it was not um, survival of the fittest. It was survival of the friendliest. Hmm. That it was when we learned to cooperate and build community, we survived as a species. Well, Marlon, it seems like you're doing a great job of surviving as a species. Uh, what do you see in the future for yourself? How does that look? You know, I, I said to my doctor the other day, I don't know what's going on. I've never been 76. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like the gentleman the other night who was just so close to his world. I and mean, he lives in Seattle. What a great place to live if you're an older person. And he was all caught up in these things that he couldn't control. Well, you've mentioned a lot about what you can control. Is there anything else you want to mention about that? One last practice is this is a time of life for me to be incredibly grateful. And gratitude as a practice is so motivating and so you know, if you start your day with or end your day with, I am grateful for, it makes for a pretty positive life. Like what you've been hearing? How about sharing the joy with your friends? We can always use more listeners. 
There are more episodes on the way, so stay tuned and keep howling at the moon.